All right. Well, welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. I am your one of your hosts, Steve Sam Pete Sam Pietro. I am joined by Cal Neva, Cal Pino, Calvi. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, and of course we're joined by Doctor E Ray Stat. Doctor E Ray, can we first ask how are you doing? How is the boy? Uh, my boy's good. A little bit of a fracture, but uh, you know, boys will be boys. He's uh, hopefully will not affect his his playing career. Excellent. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Dr. Erie has a very young son who uh, was in a slide uh, accident today. And uh, these things happen, I'm told, with boys and girls. Cal can probably speak to that as well. Uh, but uh, we, we wish him a speedy recovery. Now, would you say he, he got a leg? Does he have a leg, Dr. Erie? Oh, oh, he's definitely got a leg. <laughs> as Herm Edwards once uh, so so brilliantly said, oh, he got a leg. He got a leg. He's gonna be he's gonna be out a couple of weeks. He got a leg. But uh, so, uh, unlike uh, Mangini, unlike Mangini, I will say it was his right leg. That's right. So, so welcome to the Big Show WBTR episode two. And Cal, let's pick off right uh, pick up right where you left off. I'm sure you were talking about Darrell Revis and the New York Jets. Yes, I was. So why, I want to hear what you have to say about Darrell Revis and the New York Jets now that he's back in camp. Well, okay, let's let's just start right here. And uh, it was an interesting turn of events. I got a text message from Dr. E. Ray at 7.30 in the morning uh, on Sunday, uh, or on Monday, I guess it was, 7.30 a.m., Dr. E. Ray breaking the news to me that Darrell Rivas had signed. And uh, just, uh, I was ecstatic as a Jet fan, but, uh, you know, are you telling me this whole thing was over $12 million more guaranteed? I don't know. Because essentially he had $20 million left. He had 21 uh, left. He had $7 million a year for the next three years. Exactly. So he had that kind of money left, and then he wound up getting a four-year, $46 million deal. So it doesn't make him the highest-paid cornerback in the league, which right. is one thing that he was supposedly holding out for. Okay, it does uh, give him $32 million of that 46 is guaranteed. Right. So basically, he held out for 36 days to t- take his guaranteed money up $12 million. Is that right? I, I guess that's essentially what's happened here. I just, I, I think all the acrimony, all the hand-wringing, all the posturing, all the Roscoe Diners, all of this, for a guy to get, and, and, and again, it's a, it's, a, it's a large amount of money, but for a guy to get $12 million more, really? So who caved, Cal? Did did one side cave? Did one side make out better than the other one in this? I uh, I don't think so. I think I think if 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 you if you know we're going to do winners and losers here. I think if you're going to say a winner, the Jets would ha- would have won this negotiation. I would have to say. Uh, you would say the Jets. You would say that Revis's camp blinked. I w- yeah, I would think so. Well, look, his agents are. I'm sorry, you said this in the past. I've read more and more about the agents this week. There was a great post on uh, the gangreen.com, Cal, mm-hmm. uh, by this guy who, uh, whose tag is Bradway Stinks. Uh, <laughs> so he goes all the way back to the Terry Bradway days. And, and he had a brilliant, brilliant post about, um, you know, these, these, the agents for, for Darrell Revis and how they had really painted Vincent Jackson into a corner completely. And they represent Vincent Jackson, too. Let's, you know. Correct. They represent Vincent, thank you. They represent Vincent Jackson as well. So they had painted Vincent Jackson into a corner, but his corner was a better corner to be painted into 
because he will be an unrestricted free agent after this year. So if he sits this whole year, he can go to the highest bidder. And, then, and of course, they have leverage over the Chargers. He could either sit for this year, or you could trade him, or you could sign him and get something for him. If you let him just sit for the whole year, you get nothing for him. Right. Darrell Rivas did not have that kind of leverage. He has two, three years left, on, including this year, on, on, on that contract. So yeah. I think these, I think the clown school that is, uh, what is it, Feinstein and uh, Schwartz? I think the clown school, and look at these, look at the guys that, that they represent, Cal. Mm-hmm. You had Chris Baker, who is a pro, you know, Chris Baker, the troublemaker. <laughs> you had he, he was a problem with the Jets who spoke out. You had good old Mr. Kendall. Right. Uh, who, who talked himself off the team. All represented by these guys. It's almost as if they tell their players on the Jets to cause problems. Yeah, behave badly and you'll get your money. And I, I, I just, I, I am happy to see this come to an end. I, I think I heard you say at the top, Cal, that you know, it makes the Jets whole, which is great. Uh, but, uh, you know, are, are, is the loser team chemistry here? No. Okay, because we, because we got to talk about the Tony Richardson thing. I just jumped the shark. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> you fondarellied me? I'm so excited uh, to talk about it, but you go ahead. No, I was going to say, the Tony Richardson thing, you know, you're talking about team chemistry with this, with this Jets team, and they're obviously built to... Go for it now. And we'll talk about Mark Sanchez driving the Ferrari later. We've talked about it last week. We're going to talk about it later tonight. Uh, as e likes to put it, Mark Sanchez driving does not belong with the keys to the Ferrari. But, Cal, th- this is a team with chemistry issues. They got rid of Thomas Jones. We've talked about it on this show. They've gotten rid of Thomas Jones. They've gotten rid of Alan Fatica. They've gotten rid of Jay Feely, who, even though he was a kicker, was a huge Huge guy in that locker room. Leon Washington was was well respected. And in Leon the locker Washington room. was well respected. I mean, now that was an injury deal. These other guys were still playing, though, Cal. No, but they still they traded Leon Washington. Yes, these other guys were released. Right. Unceremoniously released. And right. they, and they're uh, last week on Hard Knock. They're lamenting the fact that there's no leaders on the offense. And really, if you're going to look to a leader, Cal, it's got to be Tony Richardson. Fifteen, sixteen years in the league. Completely respected by all the uh, all the players in that offensive locker room, off that offensive huddle, he's basically tutoring his his you know replacement. You know, it's a Terminator. I mean, by the way, enough. We got it. Really, it's a Terminator. Yeah, see, enough. You, you see, his name is John Connor. Steve, John Connor was the Terminator in the movies. Oh, that's why. You see, you get it, John Connor. I could not figure that out for the life of me. Right, he's the Terminator. I don't know if they mentioned that. Right, they kept it, and they keep calling him the Terminator, like ad nauseum. Right, I think they've, they've even uh, started call, referring to him as Term. So they've shortened it even. They're shortening, yeah, they're shortening it. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that guy, he's gotten enough pub in Hard Knocks to last him a lifetime. But, um, but, I, give now, him, but I give him credit real quick. He, he, he doesn't seem to be letting it go to his head. He seems to be handling it very well. But Tony Richardson is mentoring what he knows will be his replacement. Class act. And then what do they do on Sunday night? They cut Tony Richardson. But they don't tell anybody about it. They don't tell the team about it. And it wasn't a monetary thing. Like the Coles, they cut Lavernius Coles. That was monetary. They basically cut him to put a replacement corner on the roster in case they did not get the Rebus deal done. Then they got the Rebus deal done, 
had the exception for Revis on the and were able to sign Tony Richardson back less than 24 hours after they cut him and convinced him to come back. And you know what? Good freaking thing. Because they're lamenting the lack of leadership there. They, they got rid of Fanica, Jones, all the leaders on that offensive team. Good, I'm glad they signed back the only one they had left. Mark Sanchez, as much as I said a couple weeks ago on this show, all right, that he's ready to make the leap, the quote-unquote, do the air quotes, Cal. I just did it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, he's, he's 23 years old. He's not ready. And you see him on hard knocks. He acts like an 8-year-old. Yeah, he does. Sometimes, I mean, he pouts. And so, my my nephew Patrick is going to be nine, and Patrick shows more maturity <laughs> when you tell him he can't play World of Warcraft anymore than Mark Sanchez does when you tell him that you know he's got he, he made a bad read. Now, to be, to be fair, Patrick is very mature for his age. Uh, that's let's let's be fair. That's a good point. Okay. No, but. <laughs> But he's Mark Sanchez is not ready to be the leader of this team. He's not ready. No, and typically your offensive leader is your quarterback, and they clearly can't do that with Mark Sanchez, so you have to find somebody else to be a leader. Enter Tony Richardson. Exactly. And, and they've said it a ton. The players on the team, Keller, who, you know, figure this one out. That's like a sitcom waiting to happen. I read today that, like, Keller and Tony Richardson are, like, Richardson's his best friend on the team. What is Keller, like 24? Yeah, he's like, he's like, like 14 years older than him. Right. Which you don't see a lot, no. I guess, in pro sports. You know what I mean? Like, you'd figure Keller would be hanging out with guys, guys his age. I don't want to question it. <laughs> <laughs> but Tirich is, you know, is his best friend. Whatever. The guy's well-respected, revered. They need him on that team. And I'm just happy they were able to talk him back into coming. Yeah, because what would have stopped him? I mean, they, they must have worked something out with him when they cut him on Sunday. But what would have stopped him on Monday from signing the first offer he got with another team? Nothing. Nothing I mean, would have stopped him. He, he was not on waivers, Cal. So he could have went and signed with anybody he wanted to. No, he was an unrestricted free agent. For like 17 hours. Yeah. But it, thankfully they signed him back. I think every Jet fan knows that there's got to be, you know, you want to make the Super Bowl run. Well, there's got to be some sort of leadership in that locker room. There's got to be. Right. So... Revis signed back. There's all kinds of different stories. Uh, now, uh, our good friend Mike Francesa, uh, we don't actually know Mike Francesa, but Mike Francesa from WFAM reporting today that anything you read about Rex Ryan going to see Revis and, and, and making the overture with Woody Johnson was not accurate. Apparently, uh, the agents for Darrell Revis told uh, they reached out to Rex Ryan, so it wasn't Rex Ryan. And what a, I mean, it's just like a ridiculous soap opera here uh, as far as how the deal got done. And, and apparently, yeah. No, I, I just want to say something on that real quick, because a couple of weeks ago we heard Woody Johnson talking about how he would go meet with Revis whenever Revis wanted him to meet. And we couldn't figure out which side was not telling the truth. Was it Revis's camp saying that, uh, ownership never offered. Was it the owner uh, saying that the, that the agents didn't allow it? I think we can now look back on that and say it was the agent that wasn't telling the truth. Yeah, and and I would trust those agents as far as I can throw them, as I've already said today, that they they, they don't cover themselves in glory in these holdouts. No, but, Steve, but what it does, Steve, is, is it, it, it lends a little more credibility to Woody Johnson and the ownership team 
with the Jets. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think that Woody Johnson acted in a way, and you can make the argument that it's PSL sales and he has sold the Jets fan base this bill of goods that they're going to be a championship team in a state-of-the-art new facility. Okay, but the bottom line is that there's probably still 6,000 tickets left unsold for next Monday night's game. Yeah, at okay. least. So, so, Cal, I'm sorry. In no way, shape, or form is that not a factor in Woody Johnson flying down to Florida and making sure Darrell Revis is on that team for opening night. You know, I, and you I, know what? I, I don't care. If that's what gets him on the team, then fine. That's, that, ultimately, that was the most important thing here, was getting him back. Now, that, I hate to even, I hate to even go here, but I'm gonna go there anyway. Alright, sir. Well, uh, tomorrow night, the season finale of Hard Knocks. I, I love it. Is there, is there, is there any possibility? I'm, I'm just, look, you know, like I'm smoking gun fear. I'm just shooting, you're, you know. You're spitballing here. You're I'm, just spitballing. I'm just spitballing. Is there any possibility that HBO producers put a little pressure on the Jets? To get this done, I'm gonna say uh, any at all. I'm, I I don't think that it got done because of hard knocks. But do you think HBO was involved in this process at all? I'm gonna say no. I hope not. But I I want to reserve the right to see how much coverage it gets on tomorrow night's finale. Look at all of the drama that occurred between last week's show and tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's already been a pretty dramatic talked about four weeks on Hard Knocks here. You know, the other the other story about this is they, they dedicated practically half an episode to Brian Jackson, who now gets cut with Revis coming back. Drama. Hello. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying. Were you about to go into you play to win the game right there? <laughs> you play to win the game. <laughs> Your hello sounded a little like the start of you play to win the game. <laughs> Hello. A little bit. Didn't you it? Play to win the game. <laughs> I, uh, Doctor Eway, do we have a caller there? Looks like we have a caller. Do we have a caller? Somebody's trying to call in, but Doctor Eway will handle that for us. I think. I think he's on it. Yeah, I think we're about to have a caller. Exciting! Yeah, totally you come aboard. I don't Cal. know. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the, the the other thing. You can you just repeat the tweet you had from the other day, and did you see my response? Which one was that? The tweet about the finale. Oh, my my tweet how uh, Rita signs Richardson's back and somebody's gonna be pregnant, but we don't know who the father is this week on the season finale of Hard Knock. Right, and what was my response? Well, obviously your money's on Cromartie. <laughs> but that would be the predictable outcome. There's got to be some sort of shocking twist, doesn't there? Yeah. Well, I think you have your shocking twist. I think your shocking twist is Revis is back. And we also don't know who's pregnant. And we, we, we may never find out who's pregnant. But, you know, Revis, is, Revis is, is back. I think there's your shocking twist. There's your finale. But, I, you know, all of this talk aside, Cal, just at the, really at the end of the day, trademark. Okay, at the end of the day, the most important thing is they did get him in camp. He is going to be on the field on Monday. And for a team that has talked more than any team I can in memory about how they're going to win a Super Bowl, for a coach that has put a bullseye on their back and front and side and helmet, 
And for a team that where the expectations have not been this high since 1999, right before Vinny Testaverde's Achilles folded up like a, you know, window shade in a, in a cartoon. <laughs> uh, the most important, and they tried to sell us a bill of goods that they were going to be just fine without Revis. It's ridiculous. It's laughable. They have the most important defensive player on that team back in camp, back on the team. He is going to play week one, and he is he and he alone allows Rex Ryan to do what he wants to do with that defense. And that's the most important thing. At the end of the day, that defense has to be great if they're going to win again, and Darrell Revis makes all that happen. Now, Cal. What's the over-under on minutes into the game that he uh, blows out his hamstring? Oh, three. So you get three. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. It depends on who gets the kickoff. That's correct. <laughs> let's take a call here. Uh, let's, uh, let's go to PJ. PJ is calling from New Jersey. Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam. PJ, what's on your mind tonight, my friend? To play to win the game. Look, I got a shocker. You ready for the shocker? Let's hear it. It's going to be shocker. Calvi. Okay. You're yeah. right. What? He's right. What am I right about? It's producers influencing the timing of the Revis return before the episode, the final episode of Hard Knock. If you're dead on. They you buy into that then, huh? Absolutely. What are, going to, are they going to end on a cliffhanger? No. No, absolutely, I'm calling TV interference right here. There's there's no doubt. (laughs) And you've never been right about anything. No, I haven't, which which (laughs) makes this all the more shocking. Yeah, no, I'm I'm saying it. You nailed it. I was just speculating. I wasn't even trying to be right. And this is, you know, look, I'm watching Hard Knocks, and I don't watch any sports television. I I think it's wonderful, and it's made me a huge fan of Rex Ryan. I well, PJ, PJ, is this more a sports program or more a reality program? It's porn. Okay. Um, <laughs> for, 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 me, for me, it's, it's reality TV, and I also happen to like the Jets. Okay. I don't think I hang on it like other Jet fans are hanging on it. Right. It's it's not about all about the unlimited access or, or you know unfettered access that you have to the team for the first time or whatever. It's like you like you kind of like the Jets, but this is like a reality show where it's interesting. It, 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 right, it's interesting because it's not about Brett Michaels and Joan Rivers uh, fighting for the affections of Donald Trump. It's uh, <laughs> it's more interesting than that, although only slightly so. Now you said that and you said I, that I also think that, that 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 they went out of their way to make uh uh T Rich there kind of look like a uh I don't know a butthead, a buffoon. Really? Yes, what him always getting lost, driving a Maserati. Oh no, that, that, that was Jason Taylor. That's Jason Taylor. Oh that was Taylor, oh, okay. That was Taylor, oh, yes. Which is which is just no, that's okay, that's complete buffoonery. But the, but the, uh, but PJ, you said something that's very, very interesting to me there. It sounds like you're kind of a casual Jet fan. You know, not like a, a rabid, uh, fool like us. And, uh, well, I, and, and I, I, super casual, let me say, but I just tried to buy tickets. 
Look at that. Because, See, you are really Johnson target audience. Well, because my kids also now really like it, so I figured, hey, let's go to a Jet game. And we said, nah, there's no way there are no tickets available. And I went online. There are tens of thousands of tickets available. I don't know what's going on. Right, you're actually you're actually uh, one of the assistant coaches for one of the games. That's how many tickets are available. <laughs> Maybe. You're Maybe. assistant I, coach I, on I, special I, teams. I figured the Jets hosting New England, wouldn't that sell out? You would think. You would hope. Uh, no, not, not even close. Not yet. Wow, anyway. that's amazing. Now, Peach, one last question for you, because you, you definitely, as I said, have sort of an interesting take on the hard knocks and, yeah, and on the Jets. Without actually No, no, it, 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 well, no, it's an outside take because we are, you know, as we said, rabid Jets fans, and, and you just right. said you're going to, you know, buy tickets for the kids, and I think somewhere if Woody Johnson was listening to this show, he would be, how shall I say, excited in the pants area. But... Well, <laughs> Because that's exactly what he wanted out of Hard Knocks. But you said something interesting. You said uh, about Rex Ryan. Just real quick, like what what about, you know, from the outsider's kind of point of view, what about Rex Ryan on this show makes you like him? What about, well, he, well, I, I think he does perform a, a bit for the camera. You know, I, I don't think it's complete verite when it comes to Rex, and Rex knows that the camera's in the room. Um, but I think that his uh, sincerity and his sort of juvenile level love of the game, um, you know, he, he's, he's not Patton leading the troops. He's, he's, he's sort of like, uh, you know, uh, Harpo Marx leading the, <laughs> leading the troops. It's, I don't so you know, it's kind of whim- it's whimsical almost. Right. So the bravado is the bravado is uh, is 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 good, and it's not too from a ridiculously serious place. In other words, the braggadocio is 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 serious, but he's a football coach. He's not Patton, you know. He's not. That's, he's not. He's not Ditka. He, he, there, 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 right. there isn't the sort of gravitas that you get from somebody like that. Um, but right. I don't think he can help himself. Also, he sort right, of he true. lacks that. He lacks that inner filter to shut up. Yes, he does. And, and, and sort of that inner child thing uh, comes out, and, and all of a sudden he's running off at the mouth. And I think that may be bad for his relationship with Sanchez, because Sanchez clearly is a kid. Right, and takes everything and he, he says needs, sort of to heart. Yeah, he, he needs somebody who's, who's maybe not so playful and possibly will kick him in the pants more. Right, exactly. Well, it's an uh, excellent call, PJ, and we really appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the line, pal. Beautiful. All right, so PJ checks in from New Jersey with uh, Cal. Some great takes. I mean, some some fantastic takes on the Jets and everything. I mean, that's that's exactly uh, the kind of uh, thing we wanted to hear because we're we're rabid uh, anti-dentites. No, we're rabid Jet fans, <laughs> and. Um, you know, it's it's difficult to get sort of a, a step back perspective on what Hard Knocks looks like to like a casual sports fan. But Cali, he hit the the biggest thing in the world is that he's taking his kids to the game because he watched Hard Knocks. Yeah, I mean, Woody Johnson just got what four hundred dollars from somebody. That's right. Well, if he's taking his kids, seven hundred. Yes. Seven hundred dollar transaction he just made there. But how about how about this, Cal? How about this? And then we're going to move on. And, and the number to call is 
424-220-1817, ready to unload with Cal Stampede and Dr. Erase that. Uh, but how about this, Cal? He said he said he went to look for tickets for a game and Jets New England, week two, which last year was week two as well and was called the Super Bowl. Ooh. And to be honest, I was at that game. It was one of the loudest I've ever heard the stadium. And it was a week two game. That game is not sold out, Cal. That's interesting. Good seats still available, Cal. I, yeah, I duly noted. Yeah, so I'm, I'm uh, we're going to move on to a lot of other football uh, here and, uh, and and talk, you know, go around the league. We're going to definitely talk about the Giants, so we don't want you Giant fans out there to think that we are ignoring the Big Blue, because we would never ignore the Big Blue. I don't know why I say that like I ruptured spleen. I know, it's weird. But you know what? Maybe they don't mind flying under the radar a little bit here. Well, I think that's I think that's a great place to start with the Giants, in, in that they are flying under the radar, which you know, unbelievably so. I mean, they're they're just it's fantastic for them in one sense, in that nobody's talking about the fact that Ahmad Bradshaw is sort of unseated uh, Brandon Jacobs for the carry, right? Nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about that defense. You know what I mean? Nobody's talking about that. Uh, uh, the, you know how Perry Fuel has to revamp that defense. Nobody's talking about the Giants, Cal. No, because it's it's been Jets 24-7 um, here in New York, especially yeah. now with the Revis thing. Yeah, that was the name of the show. Let's take one more Jets call. Let's take, uh, I think, I think this is Big Pauly calling from Long Island. Big Pauly from Long Island, you are on the air with Cal and Sam Pete. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? How you doing, guys? How you doing, Big Pauly? Ming you. All right. Hanging out in my memorabilia room, brother. That's right. Now, this is for, for you folks out there. We uh, did a show, a uh, fun load last week about memorabilia, sports memorabilia. And we mentioned Big Paulie, who has a New York Jets room uh, in his home, in the bunker out there in Massapequa, Long Island. And uh, Big Paulie, what's on your mind? Talk to us about the Jets Ravens. Oh, the Jets Ravens? Uh, my prediction is I think that the uh, Jets are not ready, and I think they're going to get their butts handed to the Monday night. Oh dear! Oh wow. dear! Yeah. Now we have we have talked about you in the past being a an interestingly disgruntled Jet fan. You've yeah. been a Jet fan for a really long time. Everybody knows it. And I talked to uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago where you felt like coming into the season you're in a can't lose. You know, if they go three and thirteen, then it kind of sticks it to ownership, and the, and the new stadium's a bust and. Blah blah blah. If they go thirteen and three and win the Super Bowl, hey, you won a Super Bowl. So you, right. are you still kind of feeling that way? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, basically, I mean, I don't know if Sanchez is really ready yet to take the reins. Uh, there's, you know, all this talk about them going to the Super Bowl and stuff, and, and he's just not ready for that. Uh, I think the other thing is, is their offensive line needs needs a lot of work. Uh, he, I, you know, he can get his butt handed to him Monday night. Uh, you know, with that line, that line is just not—it's uh, it, not ready yet. Uh, so, to me, you know, with a defense like the Ravens too, it just looks like—it looks like it could be trouble. Well, uh, Big Paul, you got to think that the Jet plan is to not allow Sanchez to try to do too much, correct? I, I think he may have to, though. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't—I don't think I don't see their running game doing much. I really don't. Okay, so now he's going to be forced to throw the ball, and that's right. when you run into problems with Sanchez, I guess, right? Exactly. 
And then the other end with Revis, I mean, you know, he's you know he's in great physical shape, but he's he's not ready for you know for all of those cuts and and, and turns and angles and and all of that stuff. And, and and you know, I guarantee you, I mean, if it was me, I'd be keying up on him because you know he's going to be one on one, and I would be keying up throwing to him. By the second half, he's going to be just exhausted, and, and oh, I wow. think that's the way they're going to go. So let me ask you. Let me ask you one more question here, Big Paulie. While we got you, we we have your prediction uh, that the Jets will get uh, lambasted on Monday night against the Ravens. But uh, let me ask you, going forward in the season, do you see this team uh, getting things together? Do you see this team making a run? Being, I mean, do they have enough on defense? Do they have enough on offense? You mentioned the offensive line problems, the lack of faith in Sanchez. Do you think they can put it together and, and have a, a ten and six season to make the playoffs? Uh, I'm going to go with nine and seven. And outside looking in, or what? Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, don't forget now. I mean, Jason Taylor is he going to play a hundred? You know, he's going to do all snaps. Come on, you know, he, he's an old timer, and he's not. Uh, you know, who knows when the other guy's going to come back? You know, this right? Yeah, Calvin Pace. That's you know, Achilles heel is tough. Right, Calvin Pace is out, uh, and 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 of course Jason Taylor. He's one of the many old guys that the the Jets have kind of brought in with. The Danian Tomlinson and Taylor, and they don't get Santonio Holmes back to week four. So you're seeing nine and I seven, mean, Big Paulie, huh? Yeah. I mean, you know, Taylor, they were only going to use 75% at best. Right. They were only supposed so to, now, and now they got paid. Now, exactly. So, you know, I, I don't know. I just, uh, you know, I would, I would love to, I would love to be, uh, to be wrong. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I mean, you know, hopefully, hopefully they'll pull it out. If they do, you know, I, I, I'll be shocked if they do it. All right, well, Big Paulie, let's let let me give you one more thing. Let me ask you one more question. Sure. All right, we're going to be at the game next Monday night. All right, let's let's take this opportunity to ask Big Paulie what is on the tailgate menu. Oh, who knows? It, it could be anything. Uh, <laughs> are we going sandwiches? What are we doing? I think we might do some sandwiches. I don't think we'll get too heavy into the. Uh, to the barbecue, and yeah, we got to ease into this uh, season here. Uh, you know, and, 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 you know, we're getting killed. I mean, come on, four or five night games and Thanksgiving yeah. night. I mean, you know, as fans, they're just killing us with these. Schedules. I agree. So, uh, yeah, know, we got to. Be say. I think yeah. I think uh, week two against the Patriots might be a good tailgating day with the four o'clock game. Uh, yeah, that's that's going to be you know everything: burgers, dogs, sausages, the whole works. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> Well, but well, Big Paulie, so we'll go we'll go sandwiches this week. Go cold cut sandwiches, and then next week right. let, uh, call back in and we'll check in what the week's tailgate is. Definitely not a problem. All right, pal. We'll talk to you down the line. All right. And uh, Manaja Minky, that was Big Paulie. And the tailgate the tailgate menu is brought to you by Coleman Grills. It's and, a, uh, if there's anybody out if there's anybody out there putting the dots together here. PJ calls and says there are tickets available to the Patriots game. Big Pauly says they're going to go with the works for the tailgate of the Patriots game. <laughs> I think you know where I'm going. You smell conspiracy on this. I'm just saying, you might have a lot more people at that tailgate next week. That's right. <laughs> than, than you expected. <laughs> Thank you, Big Pauly, for the call, and we look forward to checking in next week. No. Uh, next week with uh, next week's tailgate. And you know what, Cal? Next week's menu, Mingyu. That might be some menu. This week we're just it's a Monday night game. It's at seven o'clock. We're gonna do sandwiches, nice. Oh, yeah, you do a little sandwich. You know, yeah, we'll do cold cuts, nice or whatever. Yeah. But next week, 
That's, that's the grill master. That's when the grill master central comes out. Boy, oh boy. Now, Cal, yeah. let me ask you a question. Feeding off of what Big Paulie was saying, we're going to get into the Giants. We're going to get into the rest of the NFL. Again, 424-220-1817, the ready-to-unload hotline. Why do I say it that way? Well, how else uh, did you say it? I don't know. I just I got, I got all, like, uh, goofy announcer guy. <laughs> hey, to unload hotline. Hi, lady. <laughs> but it, it, there's a, they, we're going to talk about the Giants and the rest of the NFL in a second. But, Cal, there's a naysayer. Now, now and I, I believe Big Pauly represents a cross-section. Cross uh, I'm not going to give his age away, but he's in a certain demographic who remembers when Namath won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay, who actually watched the game. He was a kid. He was only you know, a couple years old. But he actually watched the game as a young man. He represents a cross-section of Jet fans that does not buy this team at all. Well, it's, it's a very interesting dichotomy, if you will, because there are some fans that think they're going to fall flat on their face. Okay? Then there are other fans that think they're going to win the Super Bowl. And you don't find anybody kind of in the middle. Right. There's, and and there's, I think there's a cross-section of fans, as we were talking about, that want them to fall on their face. I mean, I know the rest of the NFL does. I know the rest of the NFL is just itching for the Jets to fall apart. Oh, yeah, they're waiting for this. So let's move on to the Giants here, Cal, because we just spent about 40 minutes on the Jets. No. And uh, I know somewhere K-Mac is probably out of his mind. Uh, K-Mac, a friend of ours, a friend of the program, who is a huge Giant fan. Well, then uh, let's talk about the Varsity. Let's talk about the Varsity. We talked about the JV and uh, at the new Giant Stadium. The team that plays at Giant Stadium. That's right. Uh, we are, of course, making fun of Mike Francesa, a New York institution. Uh, Cal, the Giants are a very interesting team. Here's why. Uh, they open up this week with the Carolina Panthers, uh, which is a winnable game, by the way, seven-point spread, not that you're gambling. Um, Whoa. They, <laughs> but the, the Giants uh, are also sort of under the radar, as we were talking about. There's a lot of question marks. Are there more question marks than certainties with the Giants? Let's start there. With the Giants, I think there are. Um, the big news this week, well, in my mind, the big news is that they named Ahmad Bradshaw the starting running back over Brandon Jacobs, which was a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, no, a huge, I, I think a huge surprise, and I think especially for a guy like Brandon Jacobs, who has in the past uh, sort of bemoaned the fact that he wasn't a, you know, not getting the ball. He kind of has a, uh, a Keyshawn aspect about him. A little bit. Of a just, just hand me the damn ball. Um, I, but I think that's the right move. Can this, alright, so let me give you two questions on the Giants. Now, so as you said, they have more question marks than answers, I think. I think Eli Manning is a given. I think he has earned the right to be a given as a certainty on that team that Eli is going to have a very good year. We've talked about how they've upgraded the wide receiver core quite a bit, even though the wide receiver core is dinged up. But, <clears throat> a little bit. Cal, two questions for you here. Uh, the first one is, is that offensive line past its prime? And can they do enough to uh, run the ball to help Eli Manning out with the pass? I think the offensive line, I hate to say that they're past their prime, but, but there's a lot of question marks there. They're very dinged up on, the, on that line. O'Hara was hurt. Deal was hurt. Um, you gotta, I don't know how much protection they're going to offer Eli Manning, which is the first thing, because Eli Manning is clearly the most, you know, we were talking about Sanchez before, but Eli Manning is clearly the most important player on this team. 
I don't think Sage Rosenfels is going to be able to lead them to any success this year should Manning get hurt. Not a believer in Sage, eh? I'm not. You know, um... It's his name. You can admit it. All right, it's the name. The name Sage Rosenfels for an NFL quarterback does not inspire confidence in you. No, I, I believe... And it's mostly the Rosenfels, because I always <laughs> thought it was Rosenfeld. Is it Rosenfeld? It is, right? Yeah, with an S at the end. So for the longest time, I thought he was Sage Rosenfeld. And just only recently did I come to realize that it's an S as if he's, he's been pluralized. <laughs> There's multiple Sage Rosenfeld. Right, so, so that just, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I want my starting quarterback, you know. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Eli Manning is the absolute key to that team. If Eli Manning goes down, you can kiss the season goodbye. Pretty much. Now, the second thing is, with, with, talking about that line, you got Bradshaw, and, you know, Jacobs was kind of like a, a, a pounded-down-your-throat runner. Bradshaw is going to need some holes to cut through. You know, he's going to need to move around a little bit, and, and the offensive line is, is a real key to this, to this offense moving, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. And you talk about guys like Kareem McKenzie and, and, and you know, maybe that, that parts of that O-line are a little past their prime, but, you know, Eli Manning quietly threw for 4,000 yards last year. I mean, you know, he he very quietly had a fantastic season. They run, uh, they pass blocked very, very well. They had trouble in short yardage again, mm-hmm. uh, as do the Eagles, as do the Redskins. I think that's and even the Cowboys to a certain extent. I think that's something in the NFC East that's in the water. <laughs> uh, but the other huge question mark to me, Cal, is is obviously this defense. I mean. I think that Eli Manning and the offense is going to do enough. I think I actually think the move to Bradshaw is a good one. I think, I think Brandon think so Jacobs. Too. Yeah, I think Brandon Jacobs has been overrated in this town for quite some time. I, uh, you know, he had the one good year, the Super Bowl year before he got his contract. Right. And then he got his con- and everybody, you know, you could see it coming when he got his money and when he got his contract. He was a little, you know, reluctant to make contact. Let's say. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, it seems, and, and you know, he takes a month and a half to get up after every hit. And it's like, come on, guy, you know? Uh, I mean, he's always banged up. He's always got this little thing or that thing or whatever. But he sure does talk I think, a lot. He sure does. I think the move to Ahmad Bradshaw is, is a good one. And I think you're still going to see plenty of Jacobs. I mean, he's still going to get 15 touches a game because I don't think Ahmad Bradshaw is an every down back. I mean, he still has to prove that he's a 20 to 22 carry back a game. The other problem with that, though, is that Bradshaw is very injury prone. Uh, that's true. You know, he's, he's, proven, he's proven to be fragile. Yeah. But I, I think the other huge question, obviously, Cal, with this Giants team is the defense. Have they done enough uh, bringing in a guy like Bullock to be, you know, a leader? We don't know. He's 33 years. He's 33 years old, coming off the ACL surgery. You don't know how much he's going to be able to give you from that linebacker spot. Okay, the linebackers have been just really awful. Really since since Antonio Pierce and Plexico Burris walked into a nightclub with a gun. I mean, they, they really have. I mean, Antonio Pierce was really not the same player after that, and then, of course, he got hurt. And that line, and he was the leader of that linebacker core. They had Kavika Mitchell that the Super Bowl year. He left via free agency. He played way over his head when he was there with Pierce. Right. And that linebacker core has not been this enough. Uh, Simpton, Simpton, Clint, Clint Simpton, has been a, a disappointment. Second round pick last year. Right. You have Michael Boley in there. You have a bunch of you know Jeff uh, or uh, Goff, right? Goff. You haven't, you haven't really gotten much out of Boley since since he's been here. You he haven't gotten much out of, 
Yeah, so the, the linebacker core is, is a mess. We've talked about the importance of Kenny Phillips coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think he is the most critical piece of the entire giant team for me for their 2010 season. Yeah, I, I think so. That I think is, that's how important he is. Well, I think that entire secondary is important. You know, Corey Webster, Terrell Thomas, they, you know, these are guys that are going to need to step up because of the weak, the weakness of the linebacking core. And Terrell Thomas, boy, he's he's proven to be a little chatty too. Yeah, now Terrell Thomas is is has got some ability at the corner position. Now they're banged up at uh, corner, Cal, right? They are. Ross is, Ross is hurt and Webster's hurt, correct? Ross is Ross is hurt right now and Webster is is hurt. Yes. So do they go into that game on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers without Ross and Rachel? I mean, without Ross and. <laughs> <laughs> I was kidding. That was on purpose, folks. Oh, boy. That's so, you, that's so dated also. Pivot. I, I know, right? I'm completely dating myself with the... Uh... Ross and Ray, who's that? Princess. Oh, boy. Um, the entire segment of people out there like, what? They're like, what the hell? What are, you, what are you talking? What's friends? Never heard of it. Are they on, are uh, they on the Jersey Shore? What? <laughs> what, do you, what do you... But what do you make of this, uh, of this defense, Cal? Do you... Do you do you, do you agree with me that Kenny Phillips is, like, the key to me to the whole thing? I think you'd have to be because I, because I really think that the secondary is the key to the defense in, in, in this particular iteration of it. And I'll be very curious to see how Perry Fuel has them play once the season starts. Right. Now, the new defensive coordinator, Perry Fuel, has come in and really, like, injected a lot of life. Apparently, he's a really lively cat. Yeah. And uh, apparently, nobody, no other coach had any sort of spirit. Before well, Perry Fuel got here. Well, he's, I mean, after Bill Sheridan, anybody could come in and inject life into that team, I think. Yeah, that's correct. Bill yeah. Sheridan not, uh, not wearing the lampshade on the, uh, on the sideline <laughs> and eating goldfish. No. Uh, Cal, let's look at this schedule real quick, if we could. <laughs> goldfish. <laughs> All right. Let's look at the schedule real quick, if we could. Yeah. I think that, uh, as we mentioned, they start off with the Carolina Panthers. Um, and then that, uh, now that's uh, now that should be a win. If, if you, you want, well, you know, you're opening up a stadium. You're playing it. Although the Panthers, the Panthers were surprisingly spry in the preseason. I have to say, you got you got uh, more at the quarterback there. You got, and this is a team that beat the stuffing out of the Giants in the last game at the Meadowlands uh, at Giant Stadium for the Giants. I think it was forty-one to seven or forty-one to three. I mean, they just. They ran for like 270 yards. I mean, the Giants were talking today about how they have not forgotten that. I would you hope know. not. Yeah, you take a whipping like that. Cal, you know what's interesting? Their first one, two, three, four, five, six. Their first seven games. Before the bye? And then they get the bye in week eight. You have home against the Panthers, at the Colts, home against the Titans, home against the Bears, at the Texans, home against the Lions, at the Cowboys. Wow, what an interesting! That's an interesting schedule. Yeah, it really, it really is a mixed bag, and it really got, is and, a mixed bag. And three of those games are, are in prime time, so so the NFL still showing the Giants some national love. That's right. Three of the first seven games are in prime time. I think if you can go, you can go four and three, five and two there, Cal. I think you could. Well. I, I cannot see them going into Indianapolis and beating the Colts on Sunday night. I can't see that happening. 
Nor can I. All right. Um, I think they're going to have a real tough time going into Dallas and beating Dallas. I, you could see that. Okay. Uh, so, and, you know, I, I, I'm going to give them the home games. Carolina, Tennessee, Chicago, Detroit. Those are four games that they should win going away. Yes. Would you agree? Carolina, wait, say that again. Carolina, Carolina, Tennessee, Chicago, Detroit. I don't think they're winning Tennessee going away against Chris Johnson. They should win. With that defense? Come on now. Well, then that that, that becomes your swing game because you're going to lose the Colts and the Cowboys. You're going to win the rest of your games. Well, oh, let's go into Houston. That's a tough game for them. That's another tough game for this defense. I'm telling you, this defense gets tested very early. You know, the Colts are a huge, huge test. The Titans and Chris Johnson are a huge test, and they've had, they had trouble with Vince Young a couple of years ago. If you remember slipping, him slipping out of that tackle and throwing that pass down the sideline. I forget who was, uh, I think it was maybe Tucker, you and Yura. It was you and Yura. Uh, you remember that game, Cal? I don't remember it off the top of my head. Yeah, Vince Young escaped from you and Yura. It was a short sack. You and Yura kind of backed off thinking he had the, in the grasp. Uh, Vince Young throws down the sideline and the Titans be, uh, beat the Giants. That was a couple of years ago. Uh, but Vince Young is back. You got the Texans. That's no easy matchup. Uh, as far as offensively, you got Schaub and Andre Johnson and Jacoby Jones and, uh, you know, all their weapons. And then the Cow, I mean, you know, four of the first seven games are big tests for this defense. Yeah. If you go into that bye and you're, let's say you're three and four heading into the bye, you come out of the bye and, and, and you got a, you got a, a, a pretty easy game against Seattle. Right. Then you yeah. got to play. Then you got to play against Dallas. Dallas comes to uh, Giant Stadium. Then they right. got to go. Then they got to go to Philly. Yeah. Well, you know, look, the the NFC East Cal is a ridiculously difficult division. Now here's the, now mean, here's again. You know, you got to play the, the two against the Cowboys, two against the Redskins, and two against the Eagles. Now here's I mean, those are those are six ridiculously difficult games, no matter what. The last the last thing I'm going to say about the schedule is is. Let's just say they, they remain in the hunt coming down the stretch, the last quarter yeah. of the season, last four games. Look at the last Brutal. four games. Brutal. You are, they're at Minnesota. They're home against the Eagles. And then they close with road games against Green Bay and Washington. Oh, they've done, they've done did somebody wrong in the scheduling office, my friend. So they somehow, they've, they've got to build themselves enough of a cushion going into those last four games. Or, or let's face it, Tom Coughlin might be looking for a new job. I tell you what, that is a brutal final four games. That is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. I mean, and, that, and Steve, that's an eight and eight schedule. They were eight and eight last year. Yep. And that's, that's the schedule an, they got. That's the eight and eight schedule. My goodness. You get the Vikings. You get uh, three playoff teams, NFC Championship game team, uh-huh. and the and the uh, new look Redskins with uh, Donnie uh, McNabb. Which is Donnie McNabb? No one does, right? No, I don't think anybody does. <laughs> I think there's a reason for that, though. Because his name is Donovan. Yeah, not many people would. Yeah. What about Van? Van, Van McNabb? Why not? <laughs> I'm not? No, I'm in. I am all in. <laughs> I am signing up for Van McNabb right now. That's it. Because I'm tired of calling him Donovan or Donovan. Donovan, yeah, it's, it's just too long to say. Yeah, depending on who's doing the game. Right. Uh, it's either Donovan or Donovan. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with Van. Van McNabb. I love it. That's it. 
I absolutely love it. So, you know, with the Giants, the question marks remain uh, about their defense, and we'll see. And it all gets underway Sunday, but you really can't tell anything from Sunday other than maybe who had a good camp, maybe who stayed healthy. You know, like, you know what's funny, Cal? Yeah. I got friends that do the survival pools, you know, like the suicide pools. And week one is always the hardest. Always the hardest in the NFL because you, you never know what team is going to show up. That's why you're in one of those survival pools. Again, just for enjoyment, not for monetary gain. Of course not. You're better off, like, taking the best team available, you know, no matter what their matchup is. Like, if you think the Saints are going to be a, you know, a dominant team again, get, take the Saints. I know you hate to use them early, but you just don't know what you're going to get in week one, Cal. It's, it's, it's a difficult proposition because anybody can beat anybody that first week. I remember a couple of years ago, Minnesota was the odds-on favorite to win everything. And I'm, this is, we're going back maybe seven, eight years. And they lost the first week to Carolina. It was, it was a Minnesota remember home. That. Remember that one? I do. It was a Minnesota home game, and, I mean, the whole world picked Minnesota in their survivor pool and uh, was knocked out when Carolina beat them. If, I think Minnesota might have even gone 15-1 and one that year. Wow. I think, yeah, it was that, that might have been the 15-1 and one year, I right? I think that was the 15-1 and one year. Because Carolina was like a second-year expansion team. That's right. Yeah, the fix was in, my friend. That's hard to pick. The fix was in. Now, you're looking at the schedule for week one, Cal. Let's take a quick look at it. Okay, so here's the schedule for week one in the NFL. We're going around the league now. Let's go around the league uh, style. Ooh, I like that. Around the league style? What? Wait, wait, what? <laughs> around the league style. Uh, here we go. Ready to unload around the league style. <laughs> the number to call to get in on this around the league styling. It's 424-220-1817. Oh, I do want to. <laughs> no, it's exciting. It's exciting. Maybe uh, not to call it that. Though. Right. Let me give you. Let me do. Let's do this, Cal. Too. Like we'll go around the league, and then we'll do a little blurb about how we feel about the team coming into the season. Oh, I like that. That's nice, right? This is a, this is so it serves dual purpose of, of a week one preview and an NFL preview. That's correct. We'll we'll do a double uh, double Dutch. Like it. Double Dutch. Double down. Can I can I say double Dutch on the air? Of course you can. Double down. What do you do on 11, Cal? Always double down. Double down. That's right. This is blood money. Double down. <laughs> Sorry, quoting from Swingers, dating myself even further. Wow. What, we're doing this show in the year 2001. <laughs> Forget about this. This is like 1997. 97, actually. Yeah. Friends is ruling the airwaves <laughs> on Thursday night. Oh. Swingers has just come out in your local cinema. Oh, my God. Hey, have you heard the new Vertical Horizon song? Remember yes, that? and I don't care for it. I'm, uh, I, I'm all wrapped up in uh, NSYNC. They appear to have sold out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Horizon did not see that coming. Okay. <laughs> so we uh, start off the NFL season on Thursday night, Cal. I'm going to stop you right there because has there, is, has there been a better invention than that Thursday night opener for the, for the NFL season? Is there anything better than that? Wow. In sports or just overall? Well, no, in sports, because the overall, the best invention ever is, is TiVo or DVR. <laughs> Correct. And, and it's not even close. I don't know if uh, I don't know if I... No. 
in sports. I mean, that. Yeah, I, I, you'd be hard pressed to find something as cool and, and and has worked as well as the opening night Thursday night game. Oh, it's terrific with the we're, we're, with the concert in whatever town they're in and the fan fest and and it's just it's great. All right, who's playing live this year, Cal? I don't know. <laughs> I should find know. that out. Yeah, Dr. Ray Stad has had to uh, leave the show. Uh, to take care of some uh, uh, of his family business. So the, you, normally Dr. Eric Stat would be punching that up for us. Yeah, he would. Uh, because he's the greatest uh, that way. Uh, and he, he uh, unfortunately had to uh, leave the show. He'll be back next week better, bigger, stattier than ever. He is a real medical doctor, folks. I don't know if you knew that. That's true. Yeah, I don't know if you knew that. He's uh, classically trained. He is crying, and he's trained in all the newer uh, fields of medicine as well. That's right. Uh, so we open on Thursday night. Dun, 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 dun. Minnesota at New Orleans. I only have one problem with this game, Cal. What's that? The sports guy said it, and uh, Bill Simmons on his podcast. And, uh, of course, we're huge fans of his, and uh, we'll give him a plug. Not that with the 1.5 million Twitter followers, he needs one. By the way, it's the Dave Matthews Band. Oh, DMB. Yeah. Well, this is 1999. <laughs> <laughs> Are they going to play Crash? They might. Wow. Boy, talk about jumping the shark. Dave Matthews we, Band. We can't do better than Dave Matthews Band this Thursday night. Well, it's not just Dave Matthews Band. It's uh, Taylor Swift. All right. That's fine. That's that, acceptable. Is that acceptable? Yeah. That's, uh, she's current she is i mean dave matthews band that's a bad job that's a bad job sorry i want somebody better than that well i'm well i'll tell you the dave matthews band's latest album big whiskey and the grugrux king yeah okay it debuted at number one on the billboard 200 so you are alone in your opinion my friend Uh, all right (laughs) i'm gonna do the rest of the show like like dave matthews okay yeah Gonna talk about a monkey. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> we we thought for a long time that monkey had to be in every song. You know, by the way, you know how many years they've been doing this kickoff event? Uh, I'm gonna say carry the two and uh, eight years. Very close. Nine. This is the ninth year. The ninth year. It started off in uh, in New York, right here in New York, in Times Square. Really? Yeah, 49ers at the Giants back on September 5th, 2002. Wow. And you wow. did ha- and you did have uh Joey Fatone of NSync perform. Nice. <laughs> they could only get Joey Fatone. Uh and also the cast of the Broadway musical Rent. Wow. Alicia Keys, Enrique Iglesias and Bon Jovi. <laughs> so when the you cast put the Rent in 2002, again, yeah. cutting edge. So when you put it in that perspective, Dave Matthews Band and Taylor Swift, a little disappointing. A little down. So anyway, it's Minnesota at New Orleans. Now, what is the, you said there was one thing about this that you don't like. Yeah, sports guy has suggested this, and I totally agree. You should have the winners of the last two Super Bowls play each other. So in this case, you would have had the Saints play the Steelers. The Steelers, the Steelers that's right. He Which, wanted to see Saints-Steelers. Well, the Steelers are, all, are on their schedule this year, too. Exactly. So you could have easily had the, you know, the winner of the last two Super Bowls. Um, I think they wanted the Brett Favre factor. Yes. Oh, no, I know why they did it. 
Yeah. And it's a it's a you know rematch of last year's NFC Championship game, and that's the, if that's the thing that they're doing too, Cal, like the idea that like the Super Bowl winner versus the team they beat to get there, you could do that angle. That's not bad. Yeah. But anyway, New Orleans, Minnesota. Let's uh, in brief. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, Brett Favre, Adrian Peterson, no Sidney Rice. Percy Harvin has a headache already. Uh, and uh, that defense coming back, that defense was tremendously underrated last year right. for the Vikings. Uh, do you see the Vikings, uh, uh, first of all, how do you see the game going, Cal? Second of all, do you see the Vikings going back? I think that the Saints are going to win this game pretty easily. Wow. Yeah. Easily? Uh... I, I would be willing to say that the Saints could win this game by about a touchdown. Okay. Um, I, I just think there's too much going on. Not, not so much that the Vikings are, are that bad, but that the Saints are that good. The Saints are, are just a tremendous team once again this year. They've got the emotion of opening up at home again after winning the Super Bowl. I don't think, I don't think they raise banners in football, but it's the same concept as in baseball where you're raising your banner. You won the Super Bowl. It's your first time appearing in front of your home fans since winning the Super Bowl. There's just going to be too much emotion in that building for the Vikings to overcome. That's a great point. Fair point. Cannot argue with that. As, as, far, as far as the Vikings, you know, they're, they're, they're sucking chips out of Favre's ankle, and he didn't even play a full wow. Careful there. <laughs> I chose my words carefully. Describing that, that procedure could have gone all kinds of wrong. It could have. <laughs> That's because we don't have the doctor here to correct me. That's right. <laughs> That's right. If Dr. Ewey Stat was here, he would tell us they are they are not sucking chips out of anything. Hey, give me your opinion on the Saints this year, Steve. I think the Saints are uh, are, are going to be uh, a team to be reckoned with. I think they, they're going to have an excellent chance to repeat. Now, the loss of Sharper on that in that secondary hurts that defense. They had the kind of defense, Cal, that was just good enough. Yeah, you know I mean, and then you know, all of a sudden you're blowing a team out 31 to 10, and you get three picks, you know, because the other team is is throwing and pressing, and and so that defense was opportunistic. The special teams are very solid. Greg Robinson does a, you know, Greg Williams. Greg, Greg Williams. Williams. Yes, thank you. Greg Williams does a uh, did a fantastic job with that team, especially game planning for Peyton Manning. Uh, I think they're at there. I think they're at 13 and three. I think they're at 12 and four. I think they're in a terrible division. Uh, so I, you know, I, I just think that uh, the Saints are going to definitely be back in the playoffs and be a force to be reckoned with, and uh, I don't think the Vikings will. I, I would agree with that. I don't think the Vikings, don't think the Vikings are. Will. I think the NFC is a lot tougher this year, um, and even in their own division, I think that the Packers are going to be a, ter- a tremendous team this year. I think the Lions are going to be much improved. I don't know how much. Um, but, you know, Minnesota's not going to roll over Chicago and Detroit for four easy wins this year. Absolutely not. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. You know, in, in fact, a lot of teams have that, that or a lot of uh, people have that Detroit team as frisky. Yeah. I think that could be a frisky six-run six team. Yeah, you know, let's, let's, let's be patient with them, though. You know, everybody, it's, it's a trendy thing to, to pick a sleeper. And hit your wagon to it, but you know Detroit's still coming off a, a, a bad season. Well, they're coming off a bad decade. <laughs> Speaking of which, Matt Millen is joined by Joe Theismann now on the NFL Network broadcasts. Is that right? So you have you have Bob Papa, who's tremendous, and he's joined by Matt Millen and Joe Theismann. 
Boy, is that an NFL Mensa meeting or what? Boy, oh, boy. Yeah. Oof. Matt Millen, but Matt Millen, you know what, though, Cal, you can make the argument, Matt Millen never should have left the booth in the first place. He is, you know, he, he makes a good uh, GM for a broadcaster. Yep. <laughs> he was well on his way to being, uh, or potentially moving into that Madden territory, and he never should have been a GM. No. He was never meant to be an executive. All right, moving on, next game, Cal. Denver at Jacksonville. Do this. Let's do this real quick because we got to get cooking here. Yeah, we do. We have, a, we have a fun load coming up that you're going to love. That's correct. We have a fun load coming up in about 10 minutes, 10, 12 minutes, and we're going to talk about chemistry with the teams. Uh, or chemistry with the teams. And now, now I sound like my grandmother. <laughs> uh, with the teams and the thing and the whole thing. Uh, and the number to call, 424-220-1817. So, Cal, Denver, Jacksonville. Bring it on down to Jacksonville. And Jacksonville's a funny team. I don't, I don't know quite what to expect from them. Um, but you got you got to figure the gig is up for Jack Del Rio right now. Yes. Uh, the, One way the or the other. Seat, the hot plate is there. Yeah. He's definitely on the hot plate. I think so. And, of course, uh, Josh McDaniel, uh, you know, the Denver head coach, Josh McDaniel, uh, uh, what, do we, what do we see out of him now that he's 33 years old? Oh, he's a grizzled old veteran now. <laughs> has, has 33. He, right. Has he matured now that we'll see, uh, you know, I, I, I think – I think Denver is a 6-7 win team at best. They lost Elvis, Elvis Dumerville for the season. Yeah. They lost best receiver. You're going you're gonna to try to sell me Jabbar Gaffney as the number one receiver there? Is that what you're talking about? Well, that's what they're trying to talk about. But. Right. So You've got Kyle Orton, Brady Quinn, uh, and, of course, Tim Tebow there. So uh, I, I think Denver's in for a long season. I do. But, you know, but you know you say that, but they always seem to find a way to win. Whenever you think that they're down and out, Denver's always there at the end of the season with eight, nine wins. All not last year. Well, not last not year. Last year. Well, but last year they started out the season, what, 5-0, and 6-0? 5-0 or 6-0, and then they wound up 7-9, and did they not? Yeah, they did. They had a... You know, I, I just, I, I don't understand what he's doing there. I don't understand what he's doing there. Definitely. I guess it's not for me to understand, but I, I do know some Bronco fans who are also scratching their head. It's also not for you to question. He comes from the Belichick tree. I don't know if you heard, but he's the smartest human being ever. Yeah, so, so you know, don't question it. Just That's trust right. him. Well, I think uh, I think Jacksonville will win this game, believe it or not. Now, Jacksonville's a franchise that's in trouble, though, Cal. They're in big trouble, and, you know, this is another one of the potential blackouts this weekend. I think this is a blacked-out game. I don't think this game sells out. And, uh, you know, Maurice Jones-Drew... Uh, did have surgery, didn't have surgery, maybe had surgery, causing fantasy football players' hairs to gray right <laughs> as the draft is going on. And uh, he, hey, slipped in our draft. But uh, I think Jacksonville will be able to run the ball enough. And uh, the loss of Elvis, Elvis Dumerville is just huge. And is there a better name uh, in the NFL? Than Elvis Dumerville? I defy you. Can't, I can't come up with one. Right off the bat, that's a pretty great name. That's a very great name. Uh, El- Elvis Dumerville. I mean, I, 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 I guess you could say Atari Bigby. <laughs> Would come close. Well played, Calvi. Well but played. Up, but other than that, I can't think of one. Now you got Miami at Buffalo, uh, AFC East clash. And uh, I think uh, the Buffalo Bills are going to be in trouble this year, Cal. They ha- yeah, it's going to be a long season in Buffalo, it's, especially, uh, you know. At least, last, at least last year you got to go see the antics of Terrell Owens. This year you have nothing. You have no antics. 
Now, the, maybe the antics of C.J. Spiller. That's right. You have the drafted way too high in most fantasy drafts, C.J. Spiller. Right. And everybody be, will be just, just immensely disappointed in him probably because there's just ridiculous expectations. Yeah, Miami's, Miami's going to be an interesting team this year, Cal, because they, after winning the division two years ago with Chad Pennington and the great story that they were in making the playoffs and going 11-5, and five, Pennington winning comeback player of the year, then, he, of course, shockingly, he gets hurt last year and uh, because he almost never seems to do that. And Chad Henney takes over at quarterback, and they bring in Brandon Marshall, and you're going to see them go away from the Wildcat cow, and you're going to see them maybe have more of a traditional offense. Chad Henney uh, put up some good numbers last year, had some very good games. Seems like maybe he's a quarterback of the future for the Dolphins. I don't know if they've done enough on defense that you can really count on that team uh, to, to be a great defensive team. Of course, in the AFC East, which is a very good division outside of Buffalo. You're, you're an ex-Dolphins fan, Cal. Tell me what you make of this team. Well, I'm an ex-Dolphins fan, so I've kinda, I'm, I'm doing all that I can to distance myself from the team. But, I, you know, I like their offense. I really, you know, if Ronnie Brown can stay healthy for a full season, he's a dynamic player. And then you have to change the pace with Ricky Williams. Now you've got the, 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 the wide receiver, Brandon Marshall, which they've never had, before, you know, since, since the days of Duper and Clayton. Right. I think they're going to score a lot of points, but the defense is going to give up a lot of points. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I, they they have all the makings of a nine and seven, eight and eight, nine and seven maybe team to me. Yeah, and I don't like the fact that Jake Long was banged up this yep. in, during the preseason. So yeah, no, you you don't like to uh, to see that if you're a Miami Dolphins fan. Go Miami Dolphins. Let's move on. Detroit, Chicago. Moving on. We already talked about uh, Frisky Detroit, and uh, I only want to know one thing about the Chicago Bears, and that is, is Matt Forte going to rebound because I took him in one of my uh, I don't is have that an answer. Wrong? No. That's my, that's my only question about the Bears. You don't care about Jay Cutler and how he gets along with everybody out there. I do care about Jay Cutler. I have a, a couple of friends that are very big Bears fans, including uh, Craig uh, from Astoria, uh, or Mr. Cub, as I like to call him, Ernie <laughs> Banks. Uh, he's a big Bears fan. He's always talking like this when he talks to me about him. Uh, and he thinks they're going to win it all, 243 to 2. <laughs> but yeah, they're going to go 19-0 and 0 and maybe add a game just to set the record. Uh, but, you know, the, the thing with Cutler, Martz is there, Cal. Am I supposed to get it? You know, I, I think the sports guy had a great analogy for Martz. Like, Marx is kind of like Brian De Palma now. <laughs> Where, like, yeah, the movies were good a long time ago, but a Brian De Palma film's not really firing me up anymore. <laughs> like, it's not a stamp of, of quality, and I totally agree with him. I think that I was going to try to make up my own analogy, but I can't beat that one. Was it Brian De Palma or M. Night Shyamalan that he used? No, he used, I thought he used De Palma. He used M. Night Shyamalan for something, too, who, somebody that you think is supposed to be good just based on name recognition. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's. A, I think that's what he was talking to close to me oh, right. about uh, the last Airbender. Anyway, uh, Detroit, Chicago. I think Detroit's going to be frisky. I like Matthew Stafford a lot, uh, and I think they're a nice six-win team. Nice, Detroit. Yeah, I think they're six. Maybe even a seven. Well, here here you go, Detroit, Chicago. First game of the season. Who who will find uh, finish with a better record? Oh, nice, uh, Kinky. 
I like uh, I like Detroit to finish seven and nine, and Chicago to finish six and ten. Uh, I agree. I think Chicago may be even as bad as five and eleven. Wow. Next game: Indianapolis and Houston at Houston. And is it the ten, the, the Houston Texans year, Cal? Because I'm tired of hearing about it. Every year it might be. I don't know. Just, just either go three and thirteen or thirteen and three. You know yeah. what? You know what? Though, beat the Colts. Beat the Colts in your own building, and then and then I'll start believing in you. Well, Chris Brown, you have some splendid to do. Oh, boy. Uh, Indianapolis, that would certainly set the tone. Absolutely. I mean, if they beat them week one, uh, I, I don't think it's happening. I think the Colts are on their way to another, you know, 12-4, 13-3, you, you, know, you know who the biggest Colts fans this weekend are? Uh, that'd be the Giants, because they do not want to have to go into Indianapolis with them coming off a loss. Yeah, in division. In yeah, division loss. Now you got the you got the Falcons at Pittsburgh. Falcons could be a bounce back team. Like two years ago, they they had a great season with a rookie quarterback. Then Matt Ryan seemed they were all banged up last year. Right. All reports are that Michael Turner is, is back to his old self. So that's right. going to be a big deal for them. Right. So you got Michael Turner back there. Ryan going Matt Ryan going into year three. So maybe he makes the the leap back into being an elite kind of kid. I I like Matt Ryan a lot. Well, I, Matt, you're right. This is his third year. So we're gonna we're gonna find out who Matt Ryan really is this year, I think. Right. And then the Steelers are just bizarre. Weird team. I mean, you know, Roethlisberger's suspension got moved down to four games. So the first four, can they hold the fort for four games? Can they go two and two in the first four games? That would be, right. that would be the, the key. That's right. And, and I don't think they win this game. I think Atlanta goes into Pittsburgh and wins this game. I think Atlanta's going to be one of those teams that's going to be, uh, they could be a 10 and 6. It could be even an 11-5 and five because of the division that they play in. And uh, if Michael Turner's running the ball, they got Roddy White. They got an elite receiver. They got Tony, the ageless wonder Gonzalez uh, at the tight end. I mean, they have a lot of weapons on that offense. And their defense was, you know, up and down last year. If they can get any sort of play out of that secondary... I think the Falcons are a 10 and 6, 11 and 5 team, Cal. The Falcons could be very good this year. Um, the only thing is they play in the same division as the Saints. Right. Which, is, which will probably preclude them from winning the division, but they should be right there in the wild card hunt. Yeah, I think they'll definitely be in the wild card. And the rest of that division is awful. awful. So that's four wins each for Tampa Bay and, and I mean, for exactly. New Orleans and Atlanta. I just real quick on the Pittsburgh schedule. When ben, when ben Roethlisberger comes back, now we're talking about them holding the fort until Roethlisberger is back. They, got the, he, they, they play the first four games without him. Week five is the bye. Very fortuitous time for the bye. They come back and they host Cleveland, okay, on October 17th. After right. that, after the Cleveland game, they go to Miami. They go to New Orleans. They go to Cincinnati. Three road games in a row. And then they get to come home to play the Patriots. Wow. You want to talk about a killer schedule. Yeah. And what kind of shape is Ben going to be in at that point? And, wow. I mean, that's that's what he's coming back to. They could get, you know, Palomalu's healthy. As he goes, that defense goes. I mean, everybody knows that. He's tough to keep on the field because of the level that he plays at. Um, But, uh, wow. I mean, that's rough. That's rough. I don't know. I don't know. Wow. I don't know if they can overcome that. Yep. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if they do get to two and two through those first four into the bye. Uh, and then what kind of reception he gets when he gets back. We'll talk about that, of course, down the road, too. I mean, uh, 
you know, you don't do that in Pittsburgh. The SI uh, Sports Illustrated article on Roethlisberger was was amazing. That was just so damning. Yeah, and and it was just, uh, you know, if you're a football legend and you're, you know, you play in Pittsburgh and you're a Steeler legend, you you better do things the right way. You know, and when you don't do things the right way, they're 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 not so forgiving. You know, it's a, that's a family team. It's a family town. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they react to him. I you like know? Atlanta in that game. Yeah, I think Atlanta can go into Pittsburgh and win that game. I agree. All right, let's uh, let's keep moving. Cal, Oakland at Tennessee. Everybody, everybody's uh, there's a little juice going for the Raiders. A little bit. Yeah, I, I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Jason Cam. They got a quarterback now. I think that's the big thing. Jason Campbell is going to be right. worlds worlds better than Jamarcus Russell. No, they're putting together a decent defense there, and and, and uh, yeah, I just the only reason you see it is because that division is so bad. And outside of, outside of San Diego, that that division is is just so bad. You know, the ironic thing about the Raiders is that uh, Namdi Asamoah, the the well discussed Namdi Asamoah, is actually playing for a contract this year. He's a free agent at the end of this year. He is. He is. Yeah. What did they give him, like a two-year extension? Yeah, yep. That was it? I believe he, yeah, I believe he's a free agent at the end of this year. So he plays at 15-1 for this year. That's right. And then, and then he's a free agent. That's right. Oh, maybe uh, come on to New York. Yeah. What? what, what, what? Uh, Tennessee, we've talked a little bit about the reemergence of Vince Young. You never know what Jeff Fisher's been coached there since 1978. But who's he throwing the ball to, Steve? Yeah, kid. They've had all kinds of problems. I receiver with Kenny Britt, and just Justin Gage, Nate Washington, banged up. Nate Washington. I don't even know who's there anymore. But they do have that guy CJ. He's pretty good. He's all right. Yeah, I, I think Tennessee is another weird team. There's a lot of middling teams here, Cal. There are, and you know what? There's, there's reports today that Tennessee is talking to Washington about reacquiring Albert Hainsworth. I saw that. That would be magnificent. Very interesting to send Albert Hainsworth back to Tennessee. <laughs> That would be just so magnificent. And I hope that Fisher does it, and then he comes back and is like a Pro Bowl player. Right. You know why, Cal? It would serve Daniel Snyder. A, it would serve Daniel Snyder. <laughs> you, you mean like you got served? Literally, he'd be served. Wow. Uh, but I love Jeff Fisher. First of all, one of the more underrated mustaches in all of sports. Okay. I agree. The guy's been rocking it for 13, 14 years now. Fantastic. Many a mustache have gone by the wayside in the time that Jeff Fisher has continued to sport it. And okay. And what people forget is that Jeff Fisher was an 85 bear. That's right. He was on that 85 Bears team. I mean, Dave Wonstadt has come and gone. You know, guys have come and gone out of the league. <laughs> and that mustache reigns supreme. But more importantly, the guy is a wonderful football coach. Yeah, he, he really is. He just knows how to get his team to win. I mean, he look- dealt with all kinds of stuff there in his tenure. Well, look at last year. They, they start the year 0-6. They almost made the playoffs. <laughs> they come back. Who, they who have, does that? No, it, he never has a team quit on him, ever. Nope. Nope. They could be a 3-13 and team, and they will not quit on him. I agree. And they'll be dangerous. So they, they could be 8-8 eight eight this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they went 11-5 and five somehow. Hey, game of the week. Let's move on to the game of the week. Cleveland at Tampa Bay. Big time. Big My time. goodness. I wonder who, who gets to call this game. Do they just put the interns on this game? Actually, we're we're going oh, us. That's right. Oh. We're going to go down to Tampa Bay and that stadium down there where they have the uh, 
the fake uh, town from Blazing Saddles. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that story of going to see the Jets down there last year, play Tampa Bay, and uh, in that stadium, a great stadium, uh, stadium Raymond James uh, Stadium. And, but they have the pirate ship out in, uh, in the end zone, and then there's like a faux town next to it, like an old like pirate shanty town. I love it. Next to it, but it's like a set, you know. It looks like a set. And I texted my brother, or I texted uh, Dr. Ear. I said, I, I feel like I'm on the set of Blazing Saddles. <laughs> it looks like they erected Rock Ridge out there. Um, yeah, that's a uh, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, Cleveland, boy. And you know what? How is Mangini? Wow. Mm-hmm. Just wow. Like, he's still there. Yeah, you know, Holmgren takes over as the GM and stuff. Now, did you, Kyle? Did you see Brett Ratliff got released? Yeah, I did see that. The one player that Mangini had to have, right? So he would make the trade so you could have Sanchez. Uh huh. Right in the in the Sanchez deal. And they cut him. And he was cut. And that's a team without Derek Anderson or Brady Quinn anymore. No, <laughs> yeah, their, you... start, their starting quarterback is Jake Delhomme. Jake Delholm. And Brett Ratliff couldn't make that team. Yikes. And that's, you know, Jake Delholm starting for Cleveland, Josh Freeman starting for Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's, uh, wow. It's not exactly Stabler's uh, Staubach. <laughs> Delholm, you know, when they, when they build the marketing campaign around that week's game. Delholm. <laughs> Freeman. I don't know how you do it. On CBS. Mangini and Raheem Morris matching wits. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> Check your local listings. Right, First time. We did, we did Carolina and the Giants. Um, we did indeed. Let's move on. Cincinnati and New England. Yes. Uh, Cincinnati uh, getting a lot of guys back healthy. That's a very interesting. That might be the most interesting game of week one outside of uh, Baltimore and the Jets to me. It's a very interesting game. Well, you got to call it Green Bay. Washington is a great game. Uh, uh, Dallas at Wash or Green Bay, Philadelphia. Sorry, Dallas at Washington. Mm-hmm. Jets uh, and Ravens. Arizona, uh, St. Louis. Arizona. Wait, what? Wait, go back. Uh, Cincinnati, New England, to me, is an extremely interesting game. You don't know what to make of the Patriots, right? You're not sure. Where, I, feel, where, I, I feel like the Patriots. I think the Patriots are good again. I'm sorry. Does it have to be that way? I feel like they're good. Cincinnati right. is the team that I can't make. I can't make heads or tails of. Well, Cincinnati is getting. You know, they get the tight end back that got hurt last year in, in during hard knocks. Right. Uh, in, no, it got hurt in training camp. It's uh, Kelly, right? Yeah. Uh, so they get a tight end back. They get another target. They have T.O. and Ocho Cinco, so they have two targets, two more targets. They have said said benching running the ball. The defense is they have two fantastic corners. They may have the best secondary in football. Right. Um, and they got a little mojo from last year. The key to that team is Carson Powell. Absolutely, obviously. absolutely. And you know what? I don't. I don't think Cedric Benson is going to have nearly as effective a year as he did last year. Right. Which, which means they're going to force Carson Palmer to to make him beat you. Maybe he's M. Night Shyamalan. He might be. <laughs> Still living off that one year where he hurt his leg in the first series, Kimo Van Olhoffen. Uh, hurt his leg in the first series of the Bengals-Steelers. Uh, I really thought the Bengals were going 
pretty far that year. It were, they, and they, you talk about having Mojo. That was a year yeah. that they had it all rolled yeah. for them. They had a lot of chemistry that year. So Cincinnati at New England. Let's see. Tom Brady supposedly is on the verge of signing a new deal. Cal, did you yeah, see that? I, I did see that. Uh, three-year uh, extension for $52 million or something like that. Which is great, but now Randy Moss is upset about his contract. Yep. And uh, you don't want Randy Moss upset. Nope. And then you got the... So that game is fascinating to me. That's a very interesting game. I'll be watching that one. Um, you got San Francisco at Seattle. Everybody loves San Francisco uh, again this year. Uh, and I think they're, they're as good as Alex Smith will take them. Of course, again, Arizona, Seattle, and St. Louis in that division. So, you know, San Francisco could win the division by default. It's kind of put on a silver platter for them, but they, they boosted their offensive line in the draft, so they re- remade that line completely in, in one Pete, fell swoop. Pete Carroll's illustrious return to the NFL amidst talks of Reggie Bush being stripped of his Heisman Trophy. Let me put that in perspective for you, Cal. And supposedly the Heisman uh, Committee has come out and said that they have, are not discussing that, 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 that report from Yahoo Sports, which is having a good week, by the way. <laughs> That's true. Yahoo Sports last week reporting that Terrell Revis will never play for the Jets again. Right. And uh, he signed. And hey, then good today, job, Yahoo Sports. Yeah. Today reporting that, that the Heisman uh, Treasure Committee, or whatever it is, uh, is going to strip Reggie Bush of his Heisman Trophy. Not so fast. But let me put that in perspective, Cal. If they strip Reggie Bush of his Heisman Trophy, he would be the first guy to ever be stripped of it, right? Okay? He would. You know who still has his Heisman Trophy? <laughs> I know what you're going to say. I'm just saying. Oh, boy. Orenthal James Simpson. Has held, so how bad is what Reggie Bush did that he may lose his Heisman Trophy, but O.J. gets to keep his. Well. <laughs> Sorry, something, something incongruous there. Are, are, are we sure that O.J. still has it and he didn't sell it at some point? I, no, I believe he sold it. Okay. He, he lost it in the settlement to the Goldman. But he is, he is still a Heisman Trophy winner. That he was not stripped of the award. Correct. Paul Horning, not stripped of the award. After he was, you know, uh, uh, convicted of gambling in the NFL. And I believe suspended for a year. Is that correct? Um, Maybe suspended from the NFL for a year? He was suspended, I believe, a year, yeah. Yeah. Not stripped of the Heisman Trophy. (sighs) Reggie Bush, maybe stripped of the Heisman Trophy. Gino Toretto was not stripped of the Heisman Trophy. (laughs) <laughs> for unleashing his atrocity on the NFL. <laughs> Poor Gino Toretta. Oh, that worked out well. That was back when, like, every Miami quarterback, there was Testa Verde, Gino that was Toretta. It. Yeah. If you were a quarterback for Miami, for the you U. For the U, you had a shot. You had a shot. Gino Toretta, wow. Uh, we are we are going to push off the, uh, the, the fun load. We are doing the fun load tonight, but since we don't have Dr. Iray Stat. Uh, with us this evening, uh, we're going to uh, push the fun load right to the end of the show, uh, or do the fun load right to the end of the show, because uh, we have a new segment which we'll debut next week called The Doctor is In. Yes, it's corny and cliche, but it's still cool because he is an actual doctor. It's actually not a new segment. It's just a rebranded right. segment. 
It's a rebranded segment. That's right. Of the unload list will become the doctor is in with Doctor Iristat, where we'll uh, we'll go into the operating. I'm, I'm not taking the cliche that far, but the doctor is in. Doctor Iray will bring us some of the and dissect list. some of the nuggets. That's that correct. But anyway, let's finish up with the NFL here, Cal. And the number to call, 424-220-1817. I'm sure the Swami is going to be checking in very soon with his picks. Uh, I've got my little notebook ready for for that. Right. Uh, The Swami will be making his picks. No spread, just for entertainment purposes, not for gambling. Um, But uh, where were we? Green Bay in Philadelphia. Boy, everybody loves Green Bay, Cal. Great game. Love Green Bay. Although, you know know what? I I think the shine is off Philadelphia just a little bit. Why is that? I don't know. You're not you're not believing in the cold? Uh, I'm, of Kevin? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, well, cold on the Kevin? Yeah. Kevin on the cold? Kevin on the cold? Yeah. I, uh, let's think of a couple more awful ones we can... I, I, I think, you know, if you're a fantasy owner, Kevin Cole looks great. What if you were uh, Jeffrey Lurie, the uh, Philadelphia right. Eagles owner? If you're, in reality... Uh, can we wait till this guy throws, you know, 50 passes? He looked good last year, Steve. How many games, Cal? Well, I mean, not a lot, but he did look good. All right, great. I'm not ready to anoint him. I mean, they ran Van McNabb out of town. Is it, well, that's what, is it the old misdirection here where they're trying to get you to stop focusing on the fact that they ran him out of town so they pump up the, the, the new guy? Well, they have to, but Cal, they sent him to, to a division rival. Why did they do we, that? We, we, we talked about it at the time. Like, is there a bigger smack in the face that could be issued, you know, in, in sports? I mean, I guess, you know what I likened it to? It was like when, when the Red Sox let Boggs go to the Yankees. Yeah, a little bit. Like, like we're, we're basically, we think that's how done we think you are. Right. We're going to let you go to a hated rival. And we're gonna we're gonna trade you to them. That's how done we think you are. Well, isn't that with the and then the Patriots trade Curtis Martin to the Jets? Oh, no! I thought that was he was a restricted free agent. Oh, he was a free Jets agent. Okay. He was a restricted free agent. Restricted. Okay, so then the Jets made an offer that the Patriots could not match. Okay. In fact, that's where Mike Tannenbaum made his bones, Cal. He put together the he put together the the poison pill in there. So he put the poison pill together. Oh, that's right. He and he was a a what was he like a capologist at the time? He was the financial guy. Yep. He put the poison pill together for uh, the Curtis Martin contract, and that's where he made his books. But anyway. Um, you Philadelphia, you know, again, the NFC East, you know, three against, or two against the Giants, two against the Cowboys, two against the Redskins. I mean, you know, it doesn't get easier. You know, Deshaun Jackson, is he the big play? Is he just a big play receiver? Is he a possession guy? I think Jeremy Macklin has a better year. Frankly, can LaShawn McCoy replace Brian Westbrook? A lot of questions on that offense. And I'm not, I'm not buying the Kevin Call. Not buying it. Okay. Show me. Uh, show me with Kevin Cole. All right. And Green Bay. Everybody loves Green Bay, Cal. Everybody loves Green Bay. You got the, the Aaron Rodgers there. Everybody mm-hmm. loves the Aaron Rodgers. He's uh, fast becoming a uh, uh, 
one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, if he's not already. Right. He's got a ridiculous chip on his shoulder, which I love. Uh-huh. That, that has Favre written on it. Uh, he's got a great receiver core. He's got a solid running back. He's got – if his offensive line can keep from getting him killed, uh, as they did, they almost did last year, and you're talking about Green Bay is a very solid team. You're talking about a very solid team. And you have to like them in that division, Cal, no? Uh, Green Bay, absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a bad division. Chicago, Detroit, and Minnesota. And Minnesota. The other, the other uh, members of the NFC North. As, uh, and you gotta, you gotta think Green Bay is gonna get a little bit of revenge on Favre this year. Yeah. And no, I, I think so. It all, all comes. And uh, see what happened. Cal? Yes, I'm here. Yes, what happened there? We got a little off there? I don't know what happened. Don't know what happened. Looked like, uh, there, was a, looked like there was a call coming in. and We had the Swam on deck. We but, did. Uh, he, is, he is checked out. So the, the Swami, uh, if you're listening out there, please call back in. He's, calling, he's just called back in. Let's take him. Let's take him right now. Before anything else goes wrong. Before anything else goes wrong. Swami, you are on the air. Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal Sampi. Hello, gentlemen. Are we celebrating the rarity of the Mets winning a game? The Mets uh, won a game. How do you like that? Yes, How did Dylan G do? Dylan G did excellent. He did actually five innings of hit, uh, no uh, run pitching, and then he gave a one simple home run. And but he did pitch seven great innings. He actually. Uh, You're breaking up a little bit there. I can't help that. That's not my uh, problem. That's the problem of the commission's area. How's this? Is this better? That is better. That is good. We'd ask if you're on the road or you're in Barcelona, you pull off to the side where the reception is good. Actually, I'm on a hard line. I'm on a hard line. I'm back in New York City to Big Apple. Uh, Welcome home. We've missed I'm trying to decide on the motif that the uh, Giants will use uh, to uh, Will it be blue or will it be a combination? We're not sure. All right. Well, we'll have to find out. Now, Swam, let's get right to what are the picks? Okay. We're not going to – we're not going with the obviously point spread. We're just – I uh, have a tendency to think uh, Jacksonville will be successful against Denver – in their opener. All I right. do like uh, Tennessee over Oakland. I like Arizona at St. Louis. And uh, how do you gentlemen, before I tell you my, uh, you notice I'm staying away from the Carolina Giant game. I think Pittsburgh will, will, will do well over Atlanta. Right. Uh, how do you guys feel about Dallas in their opener at Washington? We were just about to get to that game, Swamp. Very interesting. You should ask. I think Dallas uh, is victorious. I think Dallas is going to be a, uh, a big-time team this year. I could see them winning, you know, 12 games. I think Tony Romo has taken the next step. I think they have enough weapons on offense. That defense is very, very solid, and I think they will win in spite of their coach. How about you? Yes, because <laughs> I'm not a big wage coach believer. I was trying to 
trying to glean some uh, some information from their preseason uh, yeah, I think we did we lose the swamp he's having a little trouble tonight he's I don't having think we a lost him yet, swamp are you still there man to get you to call into the uh call into the ready to unload line <laughs> Uh, Swam, give us a call back. Did you get the initial picks that he was making there, Cal? Um, I heard he, he he did like he. Let's see what he he liked. Um, Jacksonville. Like Jacksonville, he liked St. Louis over Arizona, correct? Uh, I, I believe so. He liked Tennessee over Oakland, right? Uh, he li- and he stayed away from the Giants. Thing. All right, and then he went on to Dallas. And he asked us about Dallas. Yes, and speaking of uh, Dallas, but, but let's just talk about Arizona uh, real quick. Yeah. Arizona St. Louis and, and the cutting of Matt Leiner. Wow. Matt Leiner cut Cal. Talk about fall from grace. And he signed, where did he sign? Houston. That's right. The backup Matt Schaub. Right. Uh, boy, he and Reggie Bush, the two guys that every Jets fan wanted the Jets to take at the number four. That's right. That season. And they wound up with Debrickishaw Ferguson and Nick Mangold in that first round. Yeah. Worked out okay, huh? Worked out pretty good. I got to give Tannenbaum his credit. My bad, Mike. My bad. So now Matt Leiner couldn't beat out Derek Anderson. No, no. Not even close. Which, which is a problem in itself. Yeah. Arizona's going to have a lot of problems this year, Steve. <laughs> I, I think Arizona is uh, in big trouble. Uh, I think Anquan Bolden leaves, and now Larry Fitzgerald is looking at uh, Derek Anderson throwing him the football. Not great. Uh, I think they're in big trouble, and I think that uh, St. Louis is going to be a little improved. I think Spags gets that team a little improved, and I like uh, Bradford, uh, and I think that was the right move, Cal. I think you know. I think the theme that we're seeing here is that you got all of the really horrible teams from last year. We think they're going to improve this year. Which is good. That's exactly right. And that's what you want to see. Let's, I think we got the Swam back. Let's see if it, uh, it works out. Swam, are you there? Oh, man, we are just having so much trouble with this connection, Swam. I don't know what the problem is. I don't know. I can hear you. Oh, can there we you go. hear me? Now we can. Now we there can. We there he is. Oh, well, All right, quick. Well, let's hope, quick. The, let's hope the communication gods fare well on us tonight. Quick, go, Swami, go. Okay. I said I, I feel Dallas will be a competent team. Nothing uh, overwhelming and stunning, unfortunately. Uh, I, I do think they will uh, they will make a uh, a decent show of it, but I'm not going to be surprised if they don't uh, fare as the best uh, team out there. I mean, unfortunately, that's the way I feel. Uh, unfortunately, for Dallas, it is. Uh, <laughs> All right. San Francisco and Seattle is another interesting game. Yeah. They're playing up there in Seattle, and I think uh, Seattle will be the victors at that game. All right, you got Seattle in that one. Uh, hey, who do you like in the Cincinnati-New England game, Swamp? Ooh, well, that's a tough one. We're in the midst of other other factors entering in aside from sporting skills, uh, as you know. I guess if, if, if push comes to shove, I really wasn't going to make a prediction on this one, but I guess if push comes to shove, I have to go with New England. All right. Sorry about that, Tom. I didn't mean to jump, uh, jump, you know, into your non-predict. But 
you're so good. I mean, I, I don't even worry about it. But uh. well, you know, I think they come off. A, I, I think coming off a loss uh, to the New York Giants in the last preseason game, and and they're home. Uh, they have the home field advantage. I think that they, you know, will will go ahead and uh, start the season off on a winning note. All right, so, sir. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm, uh, Monday night's game, by the way. Yes. At the new Meadowlands Stadium. They have two games consecutively, Sunday and Monday. Those people with the banners changing them from green to blue to red, but they, right. they're going to have their hands full. Apparently, it's and all so automated now, Swamp. And so <laughs> will the Jets. They, with Darrell back now, they have another a component of their uh, team put, you know, set in place. Uh, yep. Mark Sanchez, of course. Uh, if he plays a Mark Sanchez game... We could have smiles on our face. If he plays a Mark Sanchez game, we may not have smiles on our face. He's a young, growing, he's a young, growing quarterback, and uh, the consistency is, is, is leaves me uh, leaves me a little bit in the lurch, so to speak. So I guess I'm going to go. Uh, I hate to do this, but yeah, I'm going to go with Baltimore. All right, so Baltimore it is. And, and uh, Swam, any, you got any others? We're going to run to the fun load. You got any last one? No, 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 no. I, was, I, haven't even predicted, I haven't even predicted the Giants of Carolina because... That's what I was just going to ask Giants, you, Giants of Carolina. Yeah, I Let's know, go. I know. And it, it, it's a toughie because emotions enter into the, the room, and I kind of try to stay away from it. it it's... Uh, you know, it's a, it's a Sunday game, the day after the, the memorial for 9-11. Uh, hopefully they'll, you know, make your uh, fans proud. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to try and stay away from it. All right, that's a stay-away game for the Swamp. Too emotional. Yeah, too, much, too much riding on <laughs> Well, Swamp, we'll, uh, we'll rec- we're, we're writing all these down. I'm sure the listening audience is uh, writing them down. Sorry we had some tech problems there, pal, but I'm glad we got you on. And, uh... We'll talk to you next week, uh, and we'll go over your picks. By the way, have you noticed that the uh, uh, players at the U.S. Open sounds more like a Romanian menu? <laughs> you mean a menu for Romanian Romanian food or an actual? If they were serving uh, Romanians, no. serving Romanians, take it from whence it comes. But uh, I, I really was uh, trying to become cognizant of the correct pronunciations of the uh, the uh, players. Right. And it made me... Oh, we lost the punchline. Say it again, Swam. <laughs> From the vocabulary, but such is life. Well, gentlemen, have yeah. a great week. We'll see you here All next right. week. Don't forget Thursday starts the big one. Yes, that's right. And, and football, too. That's football, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Keep your powder dry. All right. Take care. Ciao. All right. Well, we, we missed the punchline. Well, I think it's good. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure. You can make up your own. <laughs> We're going to put the punchline on the website tomorrow, www.rtusports.com. Cal, I think we've done quite a bit there. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, a, it was, it's an NFL show, you know? Exactly. It's an NFL show. It's an NFL show. Uh, <laughs> PJ, uh, who had called earlier, has suggested a punchline for uh, for that 
Swami story there about the Romanian names at the U.S. Open. Oh, what is, what's PJ got? Quote, how an elephant got in my pajamas, I'll never know. <laughs> I think he's ripping off Groucho Marx there, but uh, thank you. Thank you, PJ. Uh, uh, so lastly, Cal, and, and then we're going to move to the fun load. Uh, Baltimore at the Jets. Yeah. I think we've talked enough about the Jets. I think uh, we have. And then uh, the only other game there is Seattle and Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City, everybody. San Diego. San Diego, Kansas City. Or San Diego, sorry. San Diego at Kansas City. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and uh, I, people like Kansas City to be better. Along the lines with this team, Cal, of like these really awful teams from last year are going to be better this year. Uh, Thomas Jones there, Jamal Charles, uh, Matt Castle probably better. Charlie Weiss now in there helping out on the offense, so maybe Dwayne Bowe has a rebound type year. Uh, I still think their defense is abysmal. But it's such a bad division uh, that, you know, again, Kansas City, Denver, Oakland, San Diego. It's anybody's ballgame right there. Well, you know, all, of, all these bad teams are going to beat up on each other. Exactly. And I, I think San Diego is still uh, the class of the league, but uh, or the division, but I think KC is going to be frisky. So little you know, foggy, this team. Yeah. Now you know, Cal, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs picked up uh, Thomas Jones. Thomas Jones in the off season, and there was a lot made of Thomas Jones leading the league in rushing last year, or not leading the league, but having a fantastic year in rushing uh, for the Jets, and how he was a leader in the clubhouse, and how the chemistry was phenomenal because right. of Thomas Jones. That's right. On that Jet team. And now he's gone. So let me ask you a question, Cal. <laughs> he's gone from the Jets. That's right. <laughs> the Chiefs um, are certainly happy to have him. That's right. But uh, chemistry, Cal. We've heard a lot about chemistry on the Jets. We've heard a lot about chemistry in sports. Chemistry, as Dr. E. Ray has written for us here in the, uh, in the, in the rundown. The unmeasurable intangible in sports. Ooh. Dr. Ray had some questions for us. Which sport is chemistry the most vital? Let's get the fun load underway, Cal. We got about 12 minutes. Let's whack out the the fun load here. Answer me this. Uh Which sport is chemistry the most vital? Uh, I'm going to say baseball. I'm going to say football. So, uh, moving on. No, I'm kidding. Why, Why would you say baseball? I'm going to say baseball just because of the daily grind, and you're, you're with the same group of guys for 162 games, uh, six, seven months if you count spring training. You really got to be able to get along with the guys that you're, uh, that you're playing with. You, you, know, you have any friction in the, in the clubhouse, in the locker room, I think it, it's, it just manifests itself over such a long season. But there, there have been teams that, in baseball that have – First of all, let's go back. Does chemistry exist? I'm a big believer in it. Does chemistry, are you right there? Did you fall off your chair? Whoa. <laughs> I'm a big believer in that chemistry does exist. Having played sports, not on a professional level, but played sports for most of my life, and, and, and you've played sports for a lot of your life, Cal. You know, in chemistry, there is something intangible that goes on when you're playing on a team. There are guys that you like, guys that you really don't, but you you, you want them on your team. Uh, I think it definitely exists. I think it can be a vital piece of the puzzle, but I think it's a little more football than baseball. 
so? I think that football is such a violent game. And at any moment that it's also, to me, a compartmentalized game. There's the offense and the defense. Okay, and specialties. All right. But the offense is like when there's chemistry, there's a rhythm to what's going on on the field. Okay? And that the quarterback has a chemistry with the receivers. The, the offensive line has a chemistry with each other. Like, I think chemistry translates more into the play in football. Okay. I can see that. You know, like you, knowing things happen so fast, it's a collision sport, not a contact sport. Okay? And, you know, knowing what the guy next to you is going to do. Right. Before he does it is... I think like there's like this symbiotic, symbiotic chemistry that goes on in football. Well, if, if you're going to take that approach, I would argue that hockey might even be more of a chemistry-based uh, game than, than football because it moves at such a faster pace. Yeah, no, that's true. And I think chemistry is huge in hockey and soccer as well for the gameplay. Like, right. I'm not talking about what goes on in the locker room. Right. Like, that's to me, that's almost like a different kind of chemistry. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the, the key. There are two different types of chemistries we're talking about here. Right, but I think that great chemistry in the locker room can translate onto the field in football or hockey or soccer. Like you hear about all the time in hockey or soccer that guys don't know how to play with each other. Right. That's why the World Cup wasn't like the greatest soccer in the world. Right. Because these guys don't have much chemistry. If they're thrown together for a month, they only they don't play that many friendlies. They don't know each other's game. But there's a there's a chemistry in football. Like the O line develops chemistry, and the receivers and the quarterback develop chemistry. And I think it can go to another level when the chemistry in the clubhouse or, or in the locker room is good. You know, like last year's Jet team supposedly had great chemistry in the locker room. These guys all liked each other. Rex Ryan was liked. That is strong. You know. Now we've been talking about the Mets for years. Right. And the chemistry in the Met clubhouse, Cal. Do you think that that chemistry in a, in a baseball clubhouse, or lack thereof, translates as much on the field? Yeah, I, I, I think that it does. I think that if a team gets along and genuinely likes playing with each other and is looking forward to coming to the ballpark, you, you're already at an advantage just by, by your mindset, by your attitude, I right. think. Like we talked about last year, the Yankees bringing in Nick Swisher and, right. and, and changing the culture of that clubhouse. And, oh. and, and it wasn't as uptight. And, and, of course, they won the World Series last year for the first time in nine years. And a lot of that, there was a great chemistry team. Right. You know? But, well, okay. Let's do that. I've been, I've been wondering this question all day as soon as we were going to talk about chemistry. And the number to call, there is still time to call, 424-220-1817. Uh, to call in about chemistry in sports. Cal, give me your favorite chemistry teams. Ooh. I'll start the ball road. 86 Mets. Yeah, but weird, because a lot of them didn't get along. It was volatile. It was definitely volatile. But uh, there was a the chemistry to that team. Yeah, okay. Uh, whether they wanted to beat the crap out of each other or they, you know... But there was a, there was a chemistry watching that team, I guess. Maybe that's what I'm going for. I'll give you All one. Right, go ahead. 2004 Red Sox. Beautiful. Huge chemistry team. Maybe the best example of 
of you know? uh, uh, chemistry in baseball and, 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 and the chemistry of a clubhouse. Really carrying a team. They were down it, three nothing in the, in the playoffs to the Yankees. Yep. And and they came back and they didn't lose another game for the rest of the, the playoffs. Yep. The idiots. The idiots. You know, with the, they were the idiots with the t-shirts and the whole thing and, yeah. and the cowboy up. There. Cowboy up with. Uh, well, that's another thing, Cal. You get and and this happens in in all sports, but I think it happens in baseball a lot. Is you get that one guy. Right. You, you know rally I mean? around him. Yeah, you got that one guy in the clubhouse who keeps everybody loose and he's fun and, you know, he, there's that one guy in the football, maybe not as much, although apparently Bart Scott, for example, in the Jets. Well, that's, and that's a good, good, good question because you, you watch Hard Knocks. We've been watching Hard Knocks for the last month. And this appears through the camera eye to be a very uh, good chemistry team, even though they let go of a lot of popular guys. You know, they, still, still seems to be good. They all seem to be getting along. You know, they, they, you know. Again, it's very tough to tell in training camp. You really got to see how it, how it, it plays itself out over the course of the year. Right. But there's 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 a lot to the chemistry issue of the leader in the locker room, whether it's the manager, the coach. Uh, does he keep things loose? Does he not? You know, go back to that giant, that fantastic giant team in '08 that upset the you know, the Patriots and went on a run and got hot at the right time and won, you know, the the three playoff games on the road. And, and you look at the chemistry on that team was great because Eli Manning suddenly became a star and a quarterback and a, and, and a leader of the team. But most of it didn't happen until Shockey went down. That's right. Okay. And now all of a sudden, Eli Manning, the chemistry on that offense improved and apparently in that clubhouse improved greatly. Well, and then also remember, you take Tiki Barber out of the equation right. from the team the year before. Exactly. It's such a weird dynamic. I, I personally think that a bad apple spoiling the group is, is worse than having somebody that you could rally around. Right. It's, it's more classic. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think it's more, it's, it's more impactful that way when you have somebody really bad screwing around with the chemistry rather than someone who is, is taking charge of the team. Totally agree. It's the it's the the cancer, uh, you know, the clubhouse cancer aspect, you know, where like it's it's taken the Mets seasons to get the stink of Carlos Delgado off the team, apparently. Yeah, that's right. And they still haven't, you yeah, know, but, because he was such a bad guy for clubhouse chemistry, apparently. They go back to the Red Sox with Garcia Para. No more Garcia Para. They they got rid of him and they won the World Series. It's it's really weird. Uh, and, and we, we, we uh, only have a couple minutes remaining uh, in this episode. And, of course, we'll join you next Tuesday night, same bat time. And Dr. Ray Stat will hopefully be back uh, with us. But, Cal, it's, 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 it's one I'd like to continue. Maybe we'll talk about it again a little bit next week and take your calls on it and stuff. Because it, it is that there, there are some people that absolutely don't believe in it, Cal. Absolutely. It's polarizing. And it's like the chicken and the egg. What comes first? Do you, do you have good chemistry because you're winning, or do you win because you have good chemistry? That's, boy, you just blew my mind. You like that? <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I think uh, I think winning is born out of a chemistry. I think a, think, uh, I think a marginal team can win if they have good chemistry. You think that chemistry has to be there, though? I do, because I think a really great team could fail if they have poor chemistry. Wow, that's deep. I think. 
I, no, I would agree with that. I mean, it, it, and, it, and it also depends on how we're trying to define chemistry. That's right. I mean, you know, because people will always make the argument for those, you know, those teams, those Yankee teams in the 70s that hated each other. Right. You know, but uh, that doesn't mean that there wasn't, even if it's hate, there's some sort of chemistry there. Yeah, there's some something, some power that's pulling right. it together. You have, you have personalities that are going out there, even if they're trying to show the other guy up. Right. They're performing at a different level because of some sort of, Interaction that's going on, you know, uh, between the te- uh, between the players. Uh, it's it's fascinating. Then you think of a team like the Islanders, those Islanders teams, Cal. Right. Got to be a great chemistry team from the leader. They all kind of like each other. Oh yeah, and to a man, they'll tell you they would have run through a wall for one another. Exactly. They want to straight, you know, turn the cup. So, I think. Wow, we could we, we got to go into this topic further. We'll, we'll come back to this. Okay. Yeah, scratching the surface. Well, Cal, that is about all the time we have on Ready to Unload episode WBPR two. This is actually our thirty sixth episode overall. And uh, well, why don't you give me a final unload and uh, to wrap this bad boy up? Oh, my final unload is, is I can't wait for Thursday night football NFL season. Let's get it going. All right. And my final unload is I hope you all enjoyed uh, Nazi's 90210. That's right. I know Simmons did a uh, two-part podcast about the, uh, the date being 90210 last week. And uh, all I have to say is Donna Hey, listen, everybody, have a great week. Check out www.rtusports.com and uh, join us next week when we will uh, be talking more about football, baseball, and everything going on in sports for Brian Callaby and Dr. So Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Later, Cal. All right, we hope you enjoyed the show, and uh, we hope you uh, will tune in next week and check us out, and uh, of course, the podcast of this episode will be up 15 minutes after the show airs, so uh, check out the podcast, just click on the iTunes icon in your player, in your blog talk radio player, uh, and check out our website, www.rtusports.com, for uh, some blog unloads, some great stuff, and uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're actually going to have a couple of guests. We'll start bringing the guests in, so uh, definitely check it out. Thanks for listening, and we'll uh, talk to you later.